All right, this is Josh. This is Greg. And uh, welcome. welcome to another installment of Two Cents. Two Cents. So how are you doing, Josh? <laughs> I'm good. I was a little was a little nervous when I talked to you earlier today and uh, discovered we might have to change the name of our podcast. Yeah, Because yeah. uh, I know, who would have thought a podcast where there's already a bunch of people on iTunes with the same, with name. The same name of Two Cents. So <laughs> we're going to get tricky and get yeah. smart and uh, name it Two Cents with uh, S-E-N-S-E, like, right. like the sixth sense. Or like smart. <laughs> we sound, yeah, we got, we're going to sound. We got some sense about us. I remember when I initially said, oh, is that going to make it sound pretentious? It's like, well, it's all these other people that are already two cents. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, now we will sound, uh, we'll sound smart and tricky. We could become like 50 cents. <laughs> 50 cents. Oh, shoot. <laughs> but I did like the fact that it could be like, uh, in, a, in a world that's actually a sea of chaos, we're just looking for a port of home. For our sense, sense. report sense. of sense, a safe, to sense, a safe passage, safe passage to sense, sense, sense ho, sense and sense Amelia. Hey, what? Well, well, we also need to find some some sweet sense music. There, yeah, and there was I, I just read something. What did I read about weed this week? Um, oh. Um, they, they, Speaking of senses, they, the weed yeah, sense. They did. They 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 did the study on uh, pygmies and I don't know all the pygmies. I think are from Africa. in Guinea, in, in New, New Guinea. Maybe not New, New Guinea. I don't think there are not uh, anymore. I yeah. The but they uh, all those shrunken heads. They they're uh, already little. <laughs> Give me a break. They um, they found that uh, the ones that were smoking that within this group they they smoked a lot of weed. The men particularly. That uh, it protected them from parasites. They had much lower rates of parasites, and and they basically discussed the fact that uh, there's other animals. They eat things that are essentially toxic that give them uh, some sort of protection. Or Who's eating these things? As, well, in the in the in the whole in the animal kingdom, and uh -huh. that and that weed, tobacco might afford some sort of protection against these. Critters. You know what? But I, they also said they weren't absolutely sure if this was true. I was gonna say they had a few the, infections. Uh, the uh, they they said my it, time imbibing. Some of the beliefs on that, you know, it could be something else that these guys do that that seems to lower their their rate of infection. It's, at this point, it's a preliminary study, so I'm not saying if you're a pygmy and you don't smoke weed that we are condoning you to go out and smoke weed when you're out in the forest, drinking dirty water. You know, out of those stream beds, but I'm saying maybe it might help. And and there's also this creature, I um, <laughs> I got it. It's a marsupial. Uh, uh, you know, I love marsupials. Yeah, in uh, cute little pouches from Tasmania. That uh, it's, uh, they're always they're, from Tasmania. Yeah, they're uh, they're they look like mice. They're and I I'll, I'm gonna they're trick mice. Butcher the name. They're they're endangered already. They just discovered them. They're well. They're, they're, Tasmania is there's not a lot of range there. You know, there's not a, a lot of ground. Yeah, there. there's a, they're, they're a family of creature called Antich I believe. Uh, and um, Antichinus. They the the males uh, are, are noted for the fact that um, when they start mating, um, they basically fuck until they die. 
Mm. <laughs> but that's not what's wiping them out. <laughs> they're they're French. They're French. What is what is that? The, the sweet death or the oh yes, the, uh, what is little it? death? The right? little death. Yes. That's yeah. that's the big death actually they, though and, that they're and, going for. Really, you, you uh, this this uh, semel parity is is uh, is the reprodu reproductive strategy where you basically make once and die. That's what like what salmon do, but uh, the females. Uh, Go through several cycles, but the, mm. the males, uh, they're one hit. Wonders. That's it. The one the, hit wonders are fulfilled. But you actually, hope that they're more than two pump chumps, then. Yeah, no. You hope they get to at least enjoy it. Like, they get like several hours worth like, of this. Of course, uh, maybe you just want to be done. You're no, like, oh, no, no, up to 14 hours. 14 of, hours. Per, yeah, one, one Greg, hour. I have a feeling you if know. we were to. Not each other, yeah, but yeah, if we were to fuck, yeah, we too. I mean, if you want, if that's your thing, that's cool. But like, if if you're to fuck for fourteen hours, 14 I think hours. I think you will die. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure you will pretty die. Pretty much anybody will. Die. <laughs> that that makes that the the that what was it where you know uh, the four hour erection look like nothing. <laughs> you know, if you have a, an erection that lasts for four or more hours, oh, consult Viagra. Viagra, yeah, fourteen hours, man. <laughs> that I mean, that's some stamina. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, these and you know, but they they literally, um, they 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 fuck themselves to death, which is kind of cool. <laughs> that is kind of cool. I'd rather do that than the way the praying mantis does, mm. where as the male is fucking, the female like chews off his head and continues him. eating the rest yeah. of him. But, but he's got part he, of his brain in that tail stem. So even though it's it. just like his butt and his sexual organs, that thing is still pumping. Oh, yeah. It oh, is yeah. still working. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure that that's how it works for humans, too. For men, we have we have a brain up here, and then we got a brain down there. Absolutely. And in the famous words of Robin Williams, there's only enough blood for one at a time. One at a time. Yeah, one God bless him. Speaking of fucking to death, uh, Michigan sounds like they are fucking their uh, population to death. Yes, they do, don't they, Mr. Uh, uh, Snyder, going around the country on a little... Governor Schneider. Uh, sharing with his little plan to... Uh, actually, what the... the, uh, and the, the so in, in Michigan, they went through this austerity uh, program under Snyder. Uh, so that Michigan is basically the American Greece. Yeah, and yes. not in like with Kinnicky. Yeah, John Travolta. Right. And yeah, not that kind of grease. Not and that grease. We're yeah. talking about the country that's the country. So, yeah, can you imagine the austerity that that country oh, is going? Through? Yeah, I know, and 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 yeah. it's all about. It's obviously it's about budgets. It's about money. It's about all that. It's not about what's healthy for these people or healthy for your population. You know, uh, obviously, I guess things have to be reined in at some point. But what other point is there? Like, okay, like. We all just invested poorly here, and the, well, what I now and I was an econ major, and I never could pronounce it Keynesian. 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 I think it's Keynesian. Keynesian economics. Economics. Yeah, basically, where where debt is actually needed and needed. good, and and the logic of it is really simple. Okay, it says in times of economic contraction, individuals and companies don't want to invest because they're not good investments. So the government comes in and pumps money in. Right through works projects of some sort, building schools, building bridges, building roads. How about bailing out banks or Wall Street or bailing out uh, car industries or whole industries? Yeah, actually, that 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 does That's actually part of it. fall into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And um, as a result of that, you you 
create uh, industry, uh, economic activity that passes money into the into the economy that gets it churning. Because instead of people being afraid to spend their money and, and save it, uh, or companies being afraid to invest in in expansion and infrastructure, they now see that people are spending money because they have money, and then it comes back because now your tax revenue base grows. So the opposite side of it is what happened basically in the U.S. prior to us getting out of the Great Depression was we took this austerity uh, path and uh, it took the New Deal to, to dig us out. And um, Well, it, just, it's, it sounds like it, uh, it chokes off any any investment or any flow, yeah. so you're just going to stagnate. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, you just say, yeah. It's like it's like a river that, like, well, we're going to dam this up, and then and then wonder why downstream and, nothing grows. Yeah, well, it, you, you you blocked and, it all off, and you just wait for everything to to wither and die, and you don't have to take care of it anymore. Yeah, you know, and and um, in this case, what withers and dies are the the poor, mm-hmm. uh, which. Are disproportionately so. So basically, as, as we bring up Michigan, the state of Michigan, yeah. like unfortunately, uh, that is a state that went has gone went whole hog in you know to the car industry ever since its yeah. inception, yep. and as the uh, late seventies and eighties and nineties came about, it was an industry that basically collapsed. Well, basically, as uh, as new. Um, trade laws were made it was cheaper for these car companies to basically ditch michigan and build cars uh all around the world instead of building them in right. michigan so basically and then they lost uh they, you're also and, and there was also the energy crisis back in the 70s and, and that helped the, yeah. the whole u.s and also the fact cars. that america was making that they were making shitty freaking cars Big in places definitely. like japan yep. and germany were making Better oh, cars, yeah. more reliable cars, but, uh, you and, know. And with higher with higher fuel economy, mm-hmm. you know that that was a bit that was a big driving force. Better cars, and they got much better uh, economy. We we just loved big cars for so long, which we do. We still, we still do. We, we still, still have do. all those SUVs with one person in them. I like I like how it's funny that Fiat came here to the U.S. with mm-hmm. their little car, did well, but have since beefed up that little car to make. There's more of a muscly SUV out there I now. I saw one, my <laughs> first one the other day. I mean, it's a pretty car, but I'm like, yeah, they wouldn't have had that in Italy. The streets yeah. are too small for that. Or the, or the Mini, which is now an SUV. Yeah, one of right. Those two. Yeah. So, so anyway, <laughs> meanwhile. It was we drift off. Yeah, yeah, but but so so that industry basically left, and also part of part of Michigan was or there was the steel industry. Yep. And I mean, all along the Rust Belt, all yeah. along the the Hudson, and all along in there, all those cities that were big uh, in steel and everything, and so so they collapsed. Yeah. And the the state of Michigan, cities like Detroit and Flint, and Detroit, they, what the, is the largest city to to ever declare bankruptcy to, to, in yeah. the U.S. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so basically, uh, the state of Michigan and their governor is has declared austerity, and has introduced uh, different acts that allow them to come in and basically take away any local government power, and implant. 
somebody else to be in charge to make all financial decisions. Yeah, what, they they gave the the guy a nice name. He's the uh, they and they've essentially eliminated uh, legal the advisor. The, the, the yeah, the, but they eliminated like the mayor. Oh yeah, he and this guy's got the, the ability to uh, run the schools. Yeah, he closed down. Uh, it was in Mus- was in Muskegon or was it in Detroit in Muskegon. Uh, or East Muskegon, he closed down all the schools. And then um, this private company from New York came in and... Uh, like a charter school. A charter school program, a for-profit. Uh, they came profit. in and then, uh, what, after... They had it was a five-year five contract. Five-year contract after two years, they just, they just left because it wasn't profitable. And uh, so... Um, which which that, is, that is ultimately the argument um, for to go against uh, some of these capitalist ideas that, oh, we'll let the private sector and people that make money, we'll let them do that. Well, the, the problem is, is their bottom line isn't this community of Muskegon, if that if that's the right community we're talking it, about it's, here. It's like East, I think it's East Muskegon to be technically correct, because um, Muskegon. But, but yeah, but their bottom line is their profits, not the health and welfare of yeah. the children needing an education yeah. in this community. So Muskegon Heights. That's, Muskegon that's Heights, that's what it is. So, yeah. as, um, so after two years... The, the company, this charter school that's supposed to be running the education system in Muskegon Heights is like, yeah, this isn't profitable. We're out of here. And then they've got no, now they have no schools. They've they yeah, got they've nothing. They've no schools. And, 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 and they've, they've repeated this pattern uh, around the state in, um, in Detroit, for example. They, oh, they were talking about um, also removing barriers to businesses uh, that pollute. There's um, well, real, real quick. Oil. We I do want to cite this article. It's in, on uh, alternate.org, the magical uh, mystery tour of uh, of Michigan here. But it was written by uh, a gal named Laura Gottstinger. Don't ask me to spell that. And Eduardo Garcia. But um, but they basically drove around the the state of Michigan uh, to look at at some of these basically austerity measures and how they're affecting the community. And the other thing that's interesting about this is they're yes. driving around checking out these places that have had basically all of their uh, democratic controls taken away and implanted a, a dictator, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been mostly black communities. It's been mostly black communities. Mostly poor, for sure. And, you know? and, and the other interesting thing, though, is when they go around the state and they survey how people feel about it, it has like greater than sixty or seventy percent. I think it was sixty-three percent. Sixty-three percent are against it. So you're crossing. Well, they had they had a referendum. Yeah. Where sixty-three percent of the state That's voted right. it down. Voted and it then, down. And then and then guess what? Governor Schneider he actually put in an even stronger act that couldn't be overturned by referendum. <sighs> and so it's like the death of democracy. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, basically it is, what it, it is. is. It's it's remarkable, and they're trying to spread it. He's on going on the story. I'm, you know, the uh, the guy who who was in charge of it all is now uh, advising um, Governor uh, Christie. Christie in Atlantic yeah. City. Yeah, which is another city that's been on the verge of bankruptcy, or has it bank declared bankruptcy? The the water uh, treatment was another one. What, oh yeah, in Flint where. They, they no longer, uh, they couldn't afford 
clean water. Well, they couldn't afford to have the wa- Detroit's water right. pumped like to them. them. Yes. So they decided to use the, the water, water that was coming right out of the river, which unfortunately has been polluted by all the industrial oh, stuff. You like over, you, petroleum, Marathon you Petroleum embellish. is right there. You embellish. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it, yeah, and, and, and they've... They found E. coli. Not only that, Marathon is E. coli, uh... Fecal matter. Trihalomethanes, a carcinogen chemical cocktail, otherwise here at Ford referred to as THMs. Um, But they didn't, they didn't bother telling anybody. No. And then when they, and then they send out a letter saying... Two letters. One letter, no, it's, it's one... It's one letter with two flyers in it. Yeah. One lo- flyer is in black and white, and uh, our water is basically failed uh, drinkability tests. And then the second flyer that's in there is bright and colorful. It's like, hey, but don't worry, we've taken care of everything. This water's safe to drink. Yeah. Which yeah. it's like, and and there's uh, there's people with water coming out of their taps, and the water is brown, and it's not yeah. from rust. Well, it's, and people, this is already a community that suffered tremendous oh. uh, numbers of cancer and cancer deaths. Yeah. Um, people having rashes, diarrhea, yeah. uh, losing their hair, throwing Kidney up. Failure, yeah. I mean, like, it's obviously something isn't right here, and then you find out that shit. So what I wonder is, like, as a, even as an individual, like, can I... Can I? Who do I sue? Can well, I, is there anyone I can sue? Can I sue Marathon for poisoning this well, water? The, the Probably is, not. The thing is, too, is that because now it's been taken over by this. Uh, what, what's the? Because the city wouldn't have any money to pay out it's, anyway. It's, it's, it's not, not even about that. It's, it's about. It's not the mayor though that's running it. It's, it's this this czar basically, right? It is a czar. They 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 can't even uh, go to their local. They have to go to. Is it a county wide, or, no, or do they have to go to the um, to to address legal grievances? It's, it's not within their own county, as I recall. They have, yeah, they have to travel to wherever he is. It, uh, yeah, and he basically, when they were like, "We we need to get back on Detroit's water," and he's like, "That's incomprehensible." Yeah, you're crazy. You can't do that. Why? We got to sit here and drink this fucking piss filled water and and, and just and get cancer and fucking oh well. The, the marathon, too, with their poisoning, they did buy back in areas where they had contaminated. They, there's, there's ghost towns now mm-hmm. in, uh, around the marathon plant, which has been allowed to expand, too, by the way. But they only bought uh, properties from white, mostly white, mostly white affluent, uh, middle-class uh, uh, um, homeowners. Uh, the African American and generally African American, the poorer communities have been left basically to be poisoned. Um, I just, I, this is, this is, this it, is the United States. It's unconscionable. It's, it's <laughs> this, yeah. this is the like we're we're supposed to be the best in the world. We're supposed to be the. I mean, we're told we're the greatest country. You know, we got all this stuff, but no, we have our shitholes, and we we make our shitholes, and we. Keep them shitholes. They, and, and, and if you happen to live near one, too bad. The, uh, the other, I mean, so in, in 06, the levels in the, na- the, well, the neighborhood that's most affected is only known by its area code. Yeah, 48217. Yeah, and the levels there are 45 times higher, the poisons, than the state average. And still, uh, they gave... Uh, uh, $175 million in tax breaks. To uh, Marathon. To Marathon, which is a billion-dollar-plus 
multi-billion dollar corporation. Just well, so and I guess... expand well, the refinery. A refinery that is getting the high sulfur uh, oil and gas from the tar sands in Alberta, Canada. Which, which, which so, so, you know, here they want to they wanna build the, uh, the pipeline that's going to go through Nebraska and Iowa mm-hmm. coming down from tar sands. Um, what's going to happen to those communities? Yeah. I, you know what? The, so I grew up in northwest Iowa. They have a pipeline that's going to go right through the middle of my county. Is that part of the... Yeah, it's part of the pipeline. And, but, like, the people are fighting it because there's, um, you know, there, there's the whole thing of imminent domain where, you know, uh, the company is trying to fight and, and, and they actually want to do that. So if people won't sell their, their farmland or their property, yeah. they want the government to be able to come in and, and say imminent domain. But at least, the, as for now, the representatives in Iowa are actually, they tried to tighten the rules for imminent mm-hmm. domain so that that can't happen. Well, it, the, the uh, as I understand it too, when you're going to imminent domain, that the term has become broader and broader. It, it was Usually it was for a government agency to take over, uh, and now it's a private company coming in and, and demanding uh, that you give up your, your property so that they can turn a buck. Uh, for a well, product, it's, all, it's for, all for profit. Everything is, yeah. But it's for a product that isn't even for the U.S., right? The, the, the oil that's coming out of the, the tar sands. Uh, oh, is that being... Is that is, being... Is all going down south to be refined and to go overseas. It isn't even for consumption here on the whole. So there's really... And the number of jobs that it's going to produce is, is limited, and, it's, and, and any higher numbers are short-term. The uh, as we drift off into the whole well, yeah, because how thing. how deep how how long can the then the pipe how long how long can tar sands be viable? Obviously, enough that people are willing to yeah, and we shouldn't be the at you know the long and the short of it too is that we shouldn't be choosing the filthiest form of producing petrol, uh, the least efficient form of producing petrol that puts the most crap into the atmosphere that accelerates global warming even faster uh like tar sands is the last but if you don't if you don't believe in global warming or believe in global climate change or that what we do has an effect on that then then you don't then you don't have to face that you don't have to accept that reality that what you're doing is actually speeding things up that's the thing though is i think all those all those companies know that they are they you know they're not fucking you know, it's, it, that's what's so infuriating about it. These are companies that spend millions of dollars a year with scientists uh, looking for shit in the ground. They pay scientists to refute it when they know all the evidence is there. Or uh, you have the scientists who you know who you've paid to, yeah, to doctor up whatever uh, mm-hmm. whatever research. And, oh, speaking of which, that that's on the heels of you know one of the, the things that they've talked about recently, and we had we had discussed was. Um, global temp- global warming. They had said it had been on a hiatus. Oh yeah, yeah. We were talking about this a little bit yeah, before, and they they weren't sure. And, and part of it, so um, there's they they measure um, ocean temperatures. This was part of the way they they determine global warming. And uh, there's been discussions about currents and everything, and the the uh, the fact that you know maybe this warm water is getting pumped deep into the ocean but what they found was uh, somebody so 
prior, I think it was 17 years ago or 13 years ago, it correlates exactly with when they think, you know, we went on this global warming hiatus, basically. They changed the way they measured ocean temperatures. Um, it used to be that they would use um, boats, ships, would all, uh, all these uh, ships going through and, and they had monitors, whatever. They, it, was, it was a wide variety of, uh, of um, inputs. And then they, they went to these buoys that they put in the water. All right. And for some reason, uh, they're still looking into, but the buoys have been... So, yeah, they're been, using the, bu the buoys to have, collect data instead of the ships that are traveling. Have been reading, and, and they've been reading lower, smaller temperature changes. Uh, and somebody, They still haven't figured out why. They the don't know why, though, but right? then some scientists went back and they said, you know, let's, let's look at the way we used to do it, because that, that other data is still available. Mm -hmm. So they collected all that data. And they found um, that that other data showed a continuation of, of global warming exactly as had been predicted. So now you wait, there's going to be the, this big fight from the right that's going to say it's a, it's a conspiracy because they're revising the data. Well, uh, I, we revise data all the time when it's improved. Labor statistics, all these things, economic stuff. When we get better, more accurate data, we throw out, you know, when there's inaccuracies, we throw it out. So that's basically what they're going to do. The, the right is going to say it is a manipulation, I'm sure. I'm, I'm waiting for this argument to show up. It's going to show up soon, but it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, so the, the upside is uh, our scientists are on top of it. The downside is it's just going to fuel more conspiracy. It's just, yeah, it was just, it's just more like politics, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? Well, these these scientists, they have their uh, political persuasion, and uh, you know, they're yes. in inventing things. Ninety-eight percent or ninety-seven percent of scientists are in agreement, and and you know, they're from different uh, areas of uh, expertise, looking at um, snow snow melt at, uh, and and um, coral reef die off and bleaching as a result of, of warming. Which I, that was a, something else that I read that was very disturbing was that what's happening is the oceans are warming and uh, equatorial species as the water gets warmer it doesn't hold oxygen as well mm -hmm. so um, a few things happen you get coral bleaching so the coral expel their symbiotic um, algae that lives inside them and they can recover it and there's the belief that they might be able to recover a different kind of algae that's able to withstand higher temperatures but apparently not at a rate that's consequential at least at this point uh, so if temperatures don't cool they can live this way for a little while but they're also more vulnerable to diseases and whatnot but uh, that the animals that live on the reefs actually have been moving away from slowly moving away from the equator um, oh, oh really yeah so they're seeing this migration north but um, the the infrastructure, if you will, the coral reefs and everything don't grow at a rate that's uh, that can match uh, this rate of movement. Um, but they were recording that on land, actually. Uh, I remember reading an article about that uh, a few years ago. That like species have moved several kilometers uh, north and south of the equator. These these 
population masses have moved. I wonder, I wonder if you can see that in uh, human populations as well. Uh, I don't know. At, at some point, it's going to be an effect. All we have to do, you know, you look at uh, the West Coast, and uh, we've, we've, we're seeing a, a, a radical shift in climate, I think, right now within the U.S., and they're going into a long, sustained period of, of drought in mm -hmm. California. Um, and I had read a, 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 a article that said that 17 out of 19 climate models predicted that by the year 2050, from the West Coast to, uh, I think, as far as Nebraska, yeah. there will be a, essentially a 35-year drought cycle that we'll be in. Um, yeah, and, and you're right in the middle of the grain belt at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Colorado through Nebraska, uh, yeah. eastern Iowa, Kansas, the high plains right there. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the breadbasket to the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, so, well, what's what's interesting? I remember watching the um, Ken Burns documentary about uh, the Dust Bowl. Oh yeah, which the the whole part of the reason that all of that came about was was farming practices. Oh yeah, you know it was how they would would farm and they mm -hmm. would you know um, it was the crops they were doing, but also how they were harvested and how they would leave the fields and like these winds would blow and pick up all that topsoil and it'd go right into the air and it, it was turning into the the Sahara Desert basically. Which there's arguments that like the Sahara was actually once a very fertile place. I mean, they always talk about the Nile and Egypt oh, yeah. and how fertile all that was, but yeah. because of farming practices, it ended up turning that way. It's, and it's, it is an arid place anyway, mm -hmm. but they changed their farming practices and that they, you know, when they, when they cut down, when they harvest the crop, they don't take it all the way down to the ground. So there are roots to hold uh, the topsoil in to some degree. Well, I, what is but it? also the reason the reason that it's it has stayed as fertile as it is is all the irrigation, and what they're doing is they're pumping water out of this giant aquifer, the Ogallala yeah. aquifer, and they're pulling up all this water, but they're not replacing it. No, and it's not being replaced, and that water. It's only going to last so long, too. Just like, just like all of our oil and gas that we're yeah. guzzling right now, there's only so much for the moment, you know, because it hasn't had enough time for everything to leach down there. So in another 20 years, 30 years tops, like, I don't know how they're going to water and, their fields. And they've had, they, and you can put your own wells in. Uh, and I've, I've heard about, like, you know, you live over here, Josh. I live across the street, and I tap my well deeper than yours, and I drink your milkshake. Now, seriously, the water drains down into my well, and you suddenly go dry, which so I drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, when you talk, there will be blood. You talk. <laughs> there will be no water. No. no, I tell you what. Like as much no, as we're, Josh, I, I never, I never <laughs> promised you. <laughs> there was like, well, seriously, like we, there's, you know, we're all worried about the the fight that we have over oil. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, obviously all the. All of this stuff, like all of our interest in the Middle East and whatever, that's where all of that is born out of. Yeah. Um, but like 
there's going to be some other major fights when it comes to water. Water's water's going to be one of the. It's already an issue, and well, certainly in in in, Cal- in California, in the California. western, all the the southwest, you in, know, in Israel and the Palestinians, water is is a is a huge issue. There. Well, I mean, that's one of the tools that Israel uses to get the Palestinians to comply. It's like, yeah. oh well, then. You're going to lob some rockets at us, and you're just not going to get any water. Yeah, the you know, we're going to you know, cut that off. The West Bank gets, uh, uh, which there's no violence really. Out. The West Bank has been, well, now we're jumping all the way over to the Middle East, but yeah, has, been, water, has, been, has been extremely cooperative with it. And that's where like a peace deal will be forged, is through the, 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 the PLA, or PLO, the Palestinian uh, uh, Authority. Um, uh, as opposed to the, the PLO, the organization. But anyway, they um, they've kept the peace over there. But still, when the shit stuff goes on, they only get water. I, I believe it's like once a week. If you go over there, they've all got tanks on top of their their houses. houses yeah. And yeah, and it, when stuff goes south, and you know Israel wants to be dickish, they start cutting off water, which um, it's about one of the nastiest things you can do. You know, sure. Denying water. Uh, well, if you live in Flint, Michigan, you've been denied water. Yeah. Or no, you haven't been denied water. You, you just get, get shit water. It's yeah. gonna give you rashes, well, it gets, make your hair fall out, and give you diarrhea. But it gets and cancer. It gets rid of those people that you know, no one that that that, that don't vote Republican. <laughs> you know, it's an easy way to. Well, you're obviously poor, so yeah. and that's your own fault. So absolutely, uh, yeah, because economic mobility is is at an all time high. Oh wait, it isn't, isn't it? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> well, you know, real quick, back to to Michigan and the the story we were reading uh, uh, about basically the austerity measures in Michigan. I think it also comes down to um, privatization. Of oh, this country absolutely. Which again is is a big uh, toy of the right. Well, well, well yeah, because well, hey, as a capitalist, you know, well, your government, you're running these uh, these utilities, your police force, your library, whatever. Well, if, if a private entity had those, then they could make money from that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but the problem is, like, that's all they want to do. That's they their, make their money. your bottom line is making money. Yeah, and your bottom line is not the safety of this community or the education of this community. So if your charter not you know your charter for profit school uh, isn't going to make a profit after two years, you can just split because like well we don't care about yeah. actually making you guys smart. We care about taking your money. Which excuse me, but that's a five year freaking contract they signed. What, I got the impression from reading that that there's no repercussions for them skating. He goes, "Well, I can't blame them for leaving. It's, you can't make money here. You, they they signed a five year contract." Well, but like, imagine again. Imagine if your fire department is is a private entity mm-hmm. and you didn't pay whatever dues and your yeah. house is on fire. Too fucking bad. I guess your house is going to burn down. Yeah, the, they'll show up to make sure your neighbor's house doesn't burn down, but they paid their dues and you didn't. Yeah, no. You know, one of the things that they talked about talk about in this article is also um, the fact that police departments uh, have been severely cut back and, or with... don't or replaced with basically U.S. marshals. Yeah, and and there's. There's no, there's no uh, 
accountability when things go wrong. Yeah. So there's several instances of people being shot and killed, and which, mm-hmm. which look this in the last in the last year that has become a major news source. The number of people who've been killed, um, like it was the Guardian that started counting actually. That counting finally accurately. Accurately. So like. Um, 489 people killed in 2015 in the U.S. by law enforcement officers, yeah. you know, and I... And, and this is what gets me. But, like, and, that, and I'm sure that that is nothing that hasn't been happening, but now exactly. that there are the cameras, exactly. there are the people who can record these things and see, like, whoa, these cops are, these people are out of line. And look, I'm not saying every time it's not, you know, but, like, in these instances that are getting publicized that you see, it's like... What's going on? It's, I just see it, the militarization of this country. Cops have always, I, you know, I hate to be this way, but pretty much cops have, in general, from my experience from my childhood, always been assholes, right? I'm, I'm, no, I'm not, I, you know, I can't, I can't go that far, you know? That, it's not fair. I, think. I, I don't think all cops are bad, but I think... There's, uh, but it only takes a few, and and that's what poisons I, the public I think, trust. I think what it is, though, the cops have been. The, the difference is, is that now they're accountable, and their prickish behavior, and the cops are taking the the fraternal order of police. When when stuff goes wrong, they have a history of lining up, regardless of the infraction. Good cops, bad cops, they all have a history of lining up. Oh, what is it? The blue wall. The, the blue, blue wall of silence. silence blue curtain. Yeah. What? Wherever. Like. Yeah. And and it's it, before people could record stuff on their camera phones, uh, they could get away with it. And God knows how many people. I mean, look at John Birch, right? Uh, that went on. Uh, oh, the that's the famous, well, famous, infamous uh, Chicago cop who was basically going rogue with his guys and like torturing confessions out of mm-hmm. out of people. And they had actually the city had to rescind a bunch of convictions and you know uh, pay millions and millions of dollars to these people who you know spent twenty five thirty years in prison or in death row. Yeah, people. And people Johnny Burge still was able to to pull his retirement fund, retirement yeah. even after um, after he was convicted of the of these torture of this torture. Well, yeah, actually, he, um, I'm trying to remember. He, he was able to get out on a uh, uh, evade on a, a statute of limitations, I think, is what saved him. Um, but, yeah, so, so cops have been doing this stuff. But they, this, this, this wall of silence now is now, it's now penetrable, and it wasn't before. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, the cops, and I think there's a lot of great cops, but, like, I think cops... In general, to be a cop, when there's a situation, you kind of have to take kind of a... Sometimes you have to be kind of... To assert your... I'll tell you what. I have... I do have incredible empathy for those guys and the job they do. Because look, day day in, day out, the the shit that you see, the the stuff that you see humanity doing to each other, I, I would become... I would become jaded. I can see where you would become racist because you're going into these impoverished communities, which in, in some com- which in a lot of commu- times or sometimes in, can be, you know, minorities, whatever. And then that's all you see of that community. There were, but there was a great, um, uh, there was a great This American Life about Milwaukee and their police department. Mm-hmm. 
which has had its fair share of troubles and run-in and racial uh, profiling and all kinds of troubles. But one of the things was they took some of the cops that are doing the night beat in these neighborhoods where, of course, at night, all the bad shit happens. All the, all, you're going to see all the dirtiness. But then when they were in these same communities during the day, they see people out walking with their kids. They see mm-hmm. people with their, in their strollers, people playing on the playgrounds. Like, oh, they're just, these people want to have a nice community. They want shit to work. They don't want fucking trouble. Well, they, but it's what happens when you marry fucking lack of opportunity and, and no resources financially or way to get out and, and the beatdown that you're already getting from the police and, and all the perceptions that come with that, like, then, yeah, you're going to resort to these other things, you know? Well, I, you know, um, in Chicago, the, uh, we had all those wonderful housing projects here. And one of the things that there was a, a, an impression within the general public that they were these, the people who lived in public housing were all criminals, they weren't working, they dealt drugs, they were drug addicts. And the fact of the matter is, this was uh, a, a game that was played by the media on the right to, to, to project that image. 97% of people lived in public housing, if I, or 90, I think it was 97%, had, uh, were not, uh, had jobs. They were low-paying jobs. They were not... No, that's All of the crime came from outside, but it concentrated and victimized poor neighborhoods. And they use that to stigmatize a whole community. Well, it's... Which is how Well, that's... Well, exactly. Well, I mean, look at, uh, you know, everything that flared up in Ferguson, Mm -hmm. everything that flared up in Baltimore. I guarantee you the majority of those people that were looting and rioting were were not in from that community. They were coming from out and taking advantage of the situation. Yeah. You know what I found interesting? Um, uh, I remember I ended up hearing that uh, when they were first going to to make the uh, housing in Chicago, like Cabrini Green and whatnot, Mayor Daley didn't want it mm-hmm. because these high rises. What happens is you put all these people, put them all together. Yeah, and. So, and you have people that are already having to work three, four jobs just to, fuck, to scrape a living together, Yeah, you know? So guess what? As a parent, I have to work three jobs just to try to make it end, ends meet. You're never home. Yeah. Now you have all these kids that are there. Yeah. And guess what? I, whatever your racial background or makeup is... You leave all the kids hanging out with no supervision, they're going to run amok. And you're going to end up having all kinds of trouble. And that's exactly what happened. That's where it all, that's where it starts. You know, look, teenagers are going to be teenagers. And if you don't have somebody to watch over them to some degree or rein them in or, you know, make sure they're not causing problems, they're going to cause problems. You know, I, I know absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah. so what are you supposed to do as a parent? You can't, you yeah. can't afford and, not to work. And in a mixed, and in a mixed income situation, you've got parents home, you've got, uh, you've got kids with supervision that are your friends, and you're able to to interact in a more uh, stable environment that it, uh, it doesn't glorify. Uh, bad behavior. I mean, that you know, that's one of the arguments that you know people always talk about. Like in in the inner city, you know, everybody wants to be a gang member. First of all, you, this on the back, 
of economic, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm having a total. I can't. The ability think of the word to, for to you. the ability economic mobility. Mm-hmm. We're we're in a period of time now where there is no there essentially economic mobility doesn't exist. If if you're born poor, you're going to die poor. Your chances so, of getting out of that are yes. You look around, and kids there's there's gangs that are in these neighborhoods and these there's these kids dealing drugs and they're making money and you're also seeing the fact that uh, the average life expectancy you know is, you know if you make it to 30 you might be an old person uh, within your uh, uh, your generation and who uh, the smart person does <laughs> yeah, like what? I'm gonna, yeah. I can go work at McDonald's where I'm not going to make anywhere near a living wage. Where maybe yeah. I'm lucky to make, maybe I can make ten bucks an hour. Which you know, that's yeah. only after they've decided to raise their. And I go to a shitty school, and... which yeah, I, that's that's just it right there. You see, you see exactly how you're valued when when you go to your school and it's falling apart. You're lucky to get a textbook. Yeah, you know, um, you're you know. You're lucky to get any kind of computers to work with. So you see your, the value that is placed in you. How can you not get defeated or whatever, or then see this guy who is making money and be like, yeah, that, let's do that. that you makes, know? I mean, that, that makes sense. So the, it's, it, poverty, poverty and violence, they, they do... Uh... Yeah, and look, this is all, look, this is all stuff that has come home to roost from years and years of policies and things were done oh, goes years ago. I think, it, uh, absolutely. Okay. I was just reading this article yesterday, just uh, talking about waves mm-hmm. in the ocean, and and like how like waves actually they're under the water. You know, yeah. you get these this wave motion and it's underwater. You can't see it above the water, but as it gets closer to shore and it gets more shallow, that's what pushes the water up and that's what makes the wave and finally things crest and then they crash so these are waves that were made years ago yeah yeah tens of years ago and it's all it's all that policy yeah and it's coming home to roost now the uh uh, i heard a i'm I can't remember the name of the book. Uh, I heard the author interviewed. Um, problems beget more problems. It's just it's yeah, and it's it's all based in it's a selfish policy in racist. I mean, it, 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 the African American experience. You go back World War Two, the end of World War Two. Yes. The uh, uh, the uh, you had this huge um, expansion of the middle class, right, uh, and homeowning if you were african-american you couldn't buy a home banks wouldn't well give you, you a loan. well it depends on what neighborhood you're trying to buy in for sure you, well banks frequently wouldn't give you a loan to begin with if you were trying to buy within a neighborhood they definitely wouldn't give you a loan then uh redlining uh was supposed to be illegal the, then they the neighborhood covenants What's Where, redlining again? Explain red, that. For redlining, if you you know wanted to move into a neighborhood, the the banks literally wouldn't give. Here's you, a red line, and if you cross line, it, you well, you can't go in. Yeah, there. you weren't you weren't allowed to, to do it, and and then then they had neighborhood covenants where you know you the community gets together and it's like, hey, you can't sell your house to that black couple. Yes, yeah, and that if black you family. did, if you did, you and the black family 
would have to pay some sort of fine or something that would make it almost impossible for you to live there. And it, it, the, I think it was in California where the state's attorney during World War II, they, they were warning, I, th I think it was, in, they were warning uh, uh, homes, uh, neighborhoods. It, they had the, their, this group that were assigned to warn neighborhoods to turn their lights out at night so that if uh, the Japanese were to fly oh, over, right. they wouldn't see. But they were also told by the state's attorney to ask if they had neighborhood covenants, and if they didn't, they would give them information yes. on where to go uh, to and, and learn how to put a covenant together. And and these things remained into effect, some of them, until... The 70s? 70s, yeah. I mean, uh, it, here in, in, in you know, in the North Shore, uh, Kenilworth uh, is, is a famous neighborhood where, you know... Well, you don't have to go, I mean... Well, Matt, we're not well, gonna, Matt, yeah. all, I mean, whatever, yeah. Any, whatever suburbs, you know, for the most part, you know, that but was the fear. Kenil Kenilworth was into the 70s, you know, that was, that was absolute. Kenilworth, too, wasn't just black, it was Jewish, too. It was, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they didn't like, they didn't like anyone but their own, but, um, and, and, and I mean, into uh, relatively recently, too, I remember, oh, man, maybe it was in the probably 15 years ago, reading about how a, a homeless person had shown up in, like, in Wilmette or something. The police had given them a ride to, back to Evanston, or Winnetka. The police had given them a ride back to Evanston and dropped them off. Yeah. You can't have a homeless person up here. Well, there's always, yeah, there's always those stories mm. about driving. Just drive them, drop them off, give them to the next township which to, gets, uh, to worry about. Which, which, which brings us to the other thing that I had read about in the Atlantic. I, I, I think you read that about the... Um, Chicago's uh, Cook County, our, our jail, and how it <laughs> no. is essentially the largest mental health institution oh. in the country. Yeah. Uh, and this all rolls back actually to like I rem I grew up, I grew up in Evanston. I remember it was when Reagan came to office that I saw the first homeless person who was uh, he was schizophrenic, and I I, I read I mean I. The two of them were synonymous to me. Reagan had cut funding, and all of a sudden we had homeless people. Um, but a, what what this this article was about was the fact that one in well because three, during Reagan the Reagan administration is oh, they're yeah. trying to save money they shut down uh, mental institutions and hospitals funding and made funding for these places they they changed the funding Carter had actually uh, passed a, a bill that. Uh, had provided funding, and the first thing that um, Reagan did was uh, cut funding uh, and change it to cut funding, I think, by a third in general, and also change all the fundings that went to community-based uh, hospitals and whatnot to block statewide block grants. And um, the uh, and and that was the beginning of changing how we treated people who are mentally ill. So now basically what we do with the mentally ill is we just lock them up because they actually get the best yeah. treatment. In, while they do, they can, in, yeah. In prison, they get treated. They get released. They no longer are covered. There's no structure? Uh, there's no structure. Well, and the, the, the other thing too is that they're, they're constitutionally guaranteed medical care while they're in prison. There's, there's actually... Uh, there were well, they're they're supposed to be, but there's there's plenty of uh, of evidence in in accounts of people not getting, not getting any kind of help while they're in prison. You but know, I, I think uh, the Cook County system actually has been pretty progressive. They the uh, 
The woman <laughs> so who funny. heads it up now, her back, who heads up the Cook County Jail, she's a psychologist. She's the only psychologist heading a jail or a prison in the country. And um, Tom Dart, who's our sheriff, is extremely sympathetic mm-hmm. uh, well, he doesn't situation. look. Well, look, our 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 mayor, Rahm Emanuel, oh. our our Democratic yeah. mayor, he shut. You know, which which city. he's de- look. He look. The city of Chicago and the state of Illinois is dealing with some incredible deficits, yeah. which they're trying to figure out. I I mean, we're not like our cre- the 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 city of Chicago's credit rating was just uh, dropped down. We're junk now. Yeah. Yeah. Which which hurts us for getting loans for other things uh, citywide, but like, so the mayor his hands are fairly tied, but he did cut down um, funding. Funny he, for he closed, for he closed down mental half, hospitals. Half of the facilities we went from my half twelve to six, and. And, and and it saved it saved us uh, I believe. Three. And God forbid if you live in a in a community that's not anywhere near any of those six, because look, if you already have problems and you gotta like oh. hop on the train or three different trains and a bus yeah. to travel three hours to get your meds, and yeah, and, you're not gonna go. And on top of that too, and it's not just like Rob, it's like the whole system works against them. If if you're if 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 you have mental health issues. Um, and you're arrested, the police have the choice of taking you home, I think taking you to a hospital, or taking you to, to, to jail, right? Then the next step is the prosecutor. The prosecutor has a choice of requesting a high bail or charging you with, with a, you know, a, a crime or releasing you, and then it's actually the judge who sets, sets bail, they, right? And the, the judge then has a choice of giving you a, a bill you can pay for, or one you can't, and uh, a lot of these people, uh, you know, they've got jobs, they've got housing, and you you set a high bond, and suddenly now you've put them into this this cycle. They don't have a home, they don't have a job, and uh, when they get released, uh, you're kind of ushering them. You're 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 asking them. You're, you're gonna you're asking them to come right back. To come back, yeah. And it costs a hell of a lot more to put these people in jail. Uh, so, so, so ultimately, closing down whatever hospitals is a short-term fix that that ultimately is going to cost you more money in the long run. Yeah, and and uh, and it, the long and the short of it too is that these people can be treated. They can. It's it's penny wise, right? They can be treated. They should be treated. They can be functioning members of society. You know, they've got some of them have families, uh, children to take care of. They're they're productive. Uh, if they're on their meds, if, if they're, they're getting the meds. help that they need. Yeah, yeah, and you know, hopefully, uh, Obamacare will provide somewhat of a patch. Uh, Until the Supreme Court uh, declares uh, whatever parts of it to be illegal and then everyone's fucked. Yeah, yeah. So, um... uh, Oh, man. Always such uplifting conversations that we have, Greg. I was going to try and bring us uh, to up to... to, to our one, was that our was that our audience base that right was our there chirping, base telling us to go home. The, the one exciting thing that I, that um, so your mom that's the only one she your mom is a cricket and she yeah, just, uh, yeah. she's done listening. The she yep, she's singing. gone. 
The, the, <laughs> did, did we did we talk about the the, the my my favorite thing that uh, drinking the the. Oh, are we going to get to your mead? We, we have Mi- to. Your, your medieval yeah. mead? Yeah, yeah. so y- drinking is good for you. If I've, I've been a strong proponent of that for years. It, it, mead, apparently, so these guys like in, I think, Sweden or something, that have studied bees and the properties of oh, honey. we got to talk about the bees at some point, yeah, but we, we're going to talk about the mead that these bees make. So this is real quick because we got to get out here, but so... Wild bees, right? They're making this mead from it. But the way they discovered is that the, the honey, when they were throwing all these antibiotic resistant uh, uh, bacteria at it, they were just like that. Nothing has has lived with the 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 bacterial uh, uh, was it potpourri that that is potpourri potpourri that that these these uh, uh, these bees have, and so they're making this mead now based on. An ancient recipe because mead is ancient, which is basically honey and water. Uh, all the ingredients to ferment it are already in the honey, basically, and in wild yeast. And boom, you end up with something that they're hoping will uh, act to cure or people who are infected with X Y Z or provide a long-term health benefit for those of us who like to imbibe. I'm I'm not going to be afraid. You you bought some. What was where did where where can I buy this mead? We're, we're going to buy it and test it, yeah, on here and see if we become. Uh, we'll uh, we'll drink it through one of our podcasts yeah. and uh, see how uh, how healthy we are by the end. You can find it on I think it's an Indiegogo. Uh, bee mead, honey bee mead? mead. It's like the ultimate something elixir, health elixir mead or I something. I love elixirs. I, you know I've got. You know what I also like? Fucking to death. Oh, just like that little creature. Yeah, God bless him. Yeah. Hey, hey, this has been Josh. <laughs> and this has been Greg. <laughs> Two cents. Two cents.